Hey there, everyone. I'm Zach Rusk of the Tuscarawas County Convention and Visitors Bureau. If you grew up in Tuscarawas County, you've almost certainly heard about Amish country. Whether you've had a meal at Dutch Valley, bought some furniture from Andrews, or simply driven through Sugar Creek, the presence of Amish culture is impossible to ignore. But what exactly is Amish culture? Many of us have vague ideas of hard work and no technology. But today's guest, LaVon Bois, has spent her life immersed in the lives of Amish folk and has made it her mission to share the true nature of their culture with visitors from all around. Through her company, Amish Table Talk, LaVon wants to be your guide to the other side of Tusk. Welcome back to The Other Side of Tusk. I'm here with LaVon Bois of Amish Table Talk and author of Taste of the Back Roads. LaVon, so what is Amish Table Talk and what sort of services do you offer? Amish Table Talk was birthed here recently because I, was, I had been a tour guide in Ohio's Amish country for 31 years. I sold part of that business in 2015 and kind of went off and just did some other things for a few years. But in my heart of hearts, the Amish community, the culture, and all the knowledge that I still retained from my business is still a big part of me, is a passion inside of me. And so to jump ahead to that question, Amish Table Talk was birthed because I wanted to offer visitors another continued opportunity to have private experiences with the Amish. For example, having a private meal with them. And over my many years of offering meals and homes, I still have those cooks that still want to cook, and I still have visitors that still want to eat. And I still have see the need that they may have been to Amish country many times, had a meal in a home, but with 50 other people. You didn't really get a true experience. You had a great meal, but Amish table talk is scaling it back. It's that sit down with an Amish family or, or couple in their home where you call to make a reservation. It's whoever you're bringing in that reservation. So I'm not going to add two more here, four more there, and hope to get 50 people. This is a private Amish table talk conversation with some sweet people that are open to meeting visitors. They enjoy it. And then also, the passion is there, the knowledge is still with me, and I want to share as much as I can with visitors wherever they come from. They want a private, more intimate experience. So Amish Table Talk was actually named by my best friend, Jan West. And if I don't mention that, she will just have a fit. So <laughs> thank you, Jan, because I can be creative, but she knows how to title things. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jane, for me as well. <laughs> um, so it's very apparent from reading Taste of the Backroads and looking through the Amish Table Talk mm -hmm. materials that you're very hands-on and very knowledgeable about mm -hmm. Amish culture. Um, what drove you to become so knowledgeable about this? Little did I know that sitting on a front porch in Trail, Ohio, when I was just an, a small girl at my grandma's store, watching horse and buggies go by, that I would someday be teaching this unique, interesting culture. And it happened, it kind of it started with my mom, actually. She was a tour guide for big motor coach groups that came into our area. And at some point, her business started to grow. And I was 
working a job here in Tuscross County at the Child Support Office, but I had Saturdays available. She asked me, would you be willing to help out? At first, I didn't, it didn't seem like an exciting thing to me. I was a little bit introverted, shy, backward. I wasn't seeing myself standing on a motor coach facing 50 people and talking all day long. But mom, bless her heart, she took me out to Amish country, gave me more of that back road feel, and she started to teach me about the culture. So that is the early beginnings of it. And then as that started to progress slowly but surely with lots of index cards in my hand, because I did not know it in my head yet. And then the questions from visitors, you need to know more than they know. (laughs) So (laughs) what eventually led to that to learn more was that I bought my own little tour bus and I started to drive Amish men to work. And it was just so unexpected on what I would be learning from just that. Driving workers to work led to driving Amish on vacations and weddings and funerals and shopping trips and doctor's appointments, you name it. If they needed to go more than 10 miles and they didn't want to take a buggy, they would call a driver. And so I became a driver for the Amish. And I often say it drove me buggy because Amish, I tell you, they they will keep you busy. <laughs> and so it was because I would notice things like, well, I thought, I didn't know they did this, this, and this. Why is that group different than the last group I took to the Cleveland Zoo? Well, why, do, why, is, why are they dressing that way? And why does that house look different than the last house? What is going on here? Because in my mind, I had pictured they're all alike. Everything's the same. It's, it was very kind of limited to my what I was yet to experience in a vast array of knowledge. I had no idea what I was going to be learning. And it was more them teaching me in addition to what my mom could teach me. So those two coupled together, I was like, this is so interesting. I'm learning so much. I think I'm going to buy my own little tour bus and start doing back road tours. So that was in 1991 in April that I started doing a one-hour tour in Berlin for $6 a person. And I thought that was great. I just was so excited to see my visitors show up and so I could take them on a one-hour tour. And boy, did that, I found out one hour is not near enough. (laughs) So it continued to grow and grow and to where 31 years later, it was, uh, it Definitely got, I mean, we were busy, busy all the time, and I had 13 employees. So thanks to mom and the Amish, that's where I got my knowledge. It wasn't really about reading books. The experiences are the best teacher. Like I said, very hands-on. I think that's, that's apparent from the, the packages that you offer. So why do you think visiting Amish country is appealing to so many guests? Peace. Hmm. Relaxation. Simpler feel to life, friendliness, variety of things to do, horse and buggy, B&Bs, nice hotels, countryside, cheese, homemade meals. Those all fit in to what they're looking for. I did move from Berlin and in 2015, an hour away, 
my body is in Medina, but my heart is still in Holmes County. I get what the, the, the visitors see and feel. And there is that sense of like, I want the 70s back again. <laughs> <laughs> I want to go back to my childhood where you could shake hands with people and still maybe see someone drinking out of a garden hose. And it's okay. And children running bare feet in the yard and playing with their siblings. And I think, too, the beautiful farmlands, the beautiful gardens, the pristine manicured homes. Many visitors, if they're really interested in getting out on the off-the-beaten-path roads, they're in awe. They often comment, it's everything so neat and clean. Because that's part of the Amish pride is their their ability to keep things looking nice. They, they're very family-oriented. But look, we have Tusk County right next to it. We have other surrounding counties that have so many things to offer. You can make it a multi-day destination and cover such big areas. The outdoor theaters in Tusk County, the Hall of Fame in Canton, we're just so close to so many things. Roscoe Village, uh, the wineries, it's a great regional destination. So people may come and they may stay in one of those regions, but they're going to explore other regions while they're there because there's so much to do and see. You put it very succinctly. I, I personally never considered sort of the nostalgic aspect to it, but I, that makes a lot of sense now that I hear you say it. So to kind of turn that on its head, I wonder what's the response of the Amish to being viewed as a tourist attraction like this? They love it. Hmm. You know why? Because they're making a great living. If I was to do a tour today, I would say to the visitors, what I'm taught 31 years ago is different than what I'm going to teach you today because there have been those types of changes. One of the changes is that 31 years ago, I taught visitors the Amish were making livings at farming. 80% of the families made a living at farming. Today, 8%. And that the, the difference between the 80% then and the 8% now, so many of them are into tourist-related businesses. I could name several right off the top of my head that started out maybe like a produce stand, a little card table on the end of their lane selling tomatoes and corn and, and just some home produce. And their businesses have absolutely exploded. And it's not so much the local people that are patronizing them, it's the visitors. And because the, the visitors come to you know, experience Amish country, they're experiencing now what the Amish, how they have progressed. They're still Amish, but it doesn't mean they can't grow. I think that's a fabulous thing about being an American. I might interject there too. I don't want to get off the topic, but the Amish would say, we're Amish first, we live in America, and we want to live a Christian life. So with that, coming back around, they've got the goods. They've got the assets. They've got the work ethics. You know, I, I can't go out and put out a 15-acre produce farm. I don't have the land. Amish have the asset, and that's the land. They can add on building after building after building and make that business grow. So I would say number one is, I would guess, still furniture making. They've got a great craft, a great talent. They're conscientious about their work ethic. But 
the tourist aspect, especially with the Amish homes that we have taken thousands of groups to over the years, opening up your home to 50 people and feeding them. I, wanna, I just want to say that was great income to them. They know where to draw the line on some things of the world. I mean, I don't want to get too deep into that wise. And, but for a woman that is automatically at home cooking, yeah, I'll feed 50. It's a great payday. So they're really growing, knowing I'm going to use my God-given ability and I can make a living doing that. I would say the produce is really the number one growing thing in the greenhouses. That is really taking off, too, in the Holmes County area. So there may be some groups, because we have a variety of groups, some groups, they're not a bit interested in the tour and the visitor. They're, they're not interested in what they have to offer in our community. They're more of the agricultural-based, focused, cultural Amish. But then when you get up to, like, group number four and five out of eight groups, you're going to see, where can I tap into the tourist dollar? And they do. Years ago, we never saw Amish men offering a buggy ride in Berlin. And we've got several Amish men with their buggies planted around different stops in Berlin and say, hey, so-and-so's buggy ride. You hop on, you give a donation, and I'll tell you what, they're, they're pretty happy that visitor came that day. <laughs> they're not turning them down. So I would say it has to do a lot with their, the group they're in and what their bishop would say would be, in a sense, permissible. Because a lot of the culture is based on the rules and where they draw the line on separating themselves from the world. That's a scripture. I mean, that's part of my history lesson I teach when we go into the tour. But understanding the Amish is also knowing how to understand how they, where they draw the line. So you're going to see the Amish that are going, hey, I'm all about the visitor. Come on in. And they're advertising more. They've got a website. They're getting emails. They're getting Facebook pages. And they do that through another party. They're not themselves going right on that I'm unaware of. They're going through an English, non-Amish entity to get the advertising. So they're paying them for the service, but that service is doing the actual advertising for them. So again, they, it's not that they're uh, trying to break any rule of, the, of their group, but they know how to kind of, in a way, do it, that it's still within their cultural boundaries. But I would say the majority of Amish, they're looking for that visitor greenback. That makes mm -hmm. sense. They are. I, I, I have to admit, I wouldn't have thought of that side of it, but it makes a ton of sense when you put it that way. It's really not that different from any other tourism market in that sense. Not at all. A lot of times I'll hear from a visitor that's been frequenting our area. So much has changed. There's so many new things. And I said, you know who's responsible for that is the visitors because they're coming. We're advertising people. We need a place for people to eat. We need attractions for the visitors. We need different experiences. We need new shops. We need more hotels to accommodate the visitors. You're the one that's making us grow. And then they, they get it. They go, I guess you're right. Because if no one showed up, there's no growth. But it's the visitor. It's not the local people that's making it. It's the visitors that's pushing the hand, saying, listen, we want this. We're going to come. We're going to stay longer. You better have a room for us, you see. So that's kind of what we see happening.
So what does the future hold for Amish Table Talk? Podcast. Hmm. I'd been talking to my friends and I said, you know what I'd really like to do with Amish Table Talk is use it as a platform, a podcast format, to really get some cultural conversations going. There's so much that I could talk about. And we could just pick one topic. We could, we could pick out, you know, why do the women not cut their hair? And we could have a whole podcast on that. We could pick out about their courtship, their weddings, their funerals. Do they travel? Are they influenced by the world's way? Why aren't more Amish leaving the Amish? There's so many topics that we could keep going on and on. So that I think I would love to see happen someday in the near future. But in the meantime, we still offer the private meals with the Amish. We offer the Taste of the Back Road self-driving tour booklet, which is great asset for visitors coming and they want to see the back roads and learn about the culture. For the booklet weaves the cultural narrative in with the turn-by-turn -turn directions and there's over 80 miles worth of self-driving tour routes in that booklet. So that's all online. If guests are interested in uh, learning more about Amish Table Talk or purchasing one of these packages or a taste of the back roads, how can they go about finding that or contacting you? I think the best way is to just go on our website at AmishTableTalk.com. It gives you the different options that we offer and you can request what options you're interested in the bottom of the website page. And you can pre-order the booklets there or they are available in Berlin at the Berlin Grand Hotel and the Berlin RV Park and the Barn Inn Bed and Breakfast. They have them there for sale. Perfect. So lots of opportunities for guests to get their hands on it. LaVon, this has been a very informative conversation. Thank you so much for your time. And I so appreciate your time too. Thank you for the opportunity. Be sure to check out Amish Table Talk at their website, www.amishtabletalk.com, to learn more about the services and products they offer for your next trip to Amish country. You can learn more about other attractions in Amish country at the Tuscarawas County Convention and Visitors Bureau's website at www.traveltusk.com or by calling 1-800-527-3387. If there's someone you'd like to hear on the other side of Tusk, let me know at office at traveltusk.com. I'm Zach Rusk, and we'll see you next time on the other side of Tusk.